It brings us life and it brings us hope. And so, Father, at this time, we just pray, Almighty God, that your anointing would go forth on your word and it would accomplish all that you desire and enrich us and equip us and call us out to do and build your kingdom. As we follow and we examine the example of these people that have gone before us, that have established your kingdom, just as we can today, Almighty God, being filled with your Ruach and hearing the voice of Adonai the Father, Adonai Yeshua his Son, and the Ruach HaKodesh to equip, to empower, and to send us forth to proclaim and to be a light to all the nations, to make Talmudim, to make disciples. In Yeshua's name we pray and ask, Amen. Turn with me now to the book of Acts. Chapter 18. We'll be completing chapter 18 today. Acts chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. Today's message is entitled, Acts of Yeshua's Emissaries, which in Hebrew are the Shelachim. And let us begin in verse 1. After this, Shaul left Athens and went on to Corinth. Those of you who have a map and use your maps so we can follow on the journey with Rav Shaul. See, Rav Shaul did not have GPS. He had better than GPS, the Ruach HaKodesh that was leading him. And when he felt like he had to go to a certain place, the spirit of living God would speak to him, say, no, no, you're not to go there. You're to go here. And you know what? GPS fails. Sometimes it leads us to the wrong place. We get lost. How many of you have experienced that? But the spirit of the living God who leads us into all truth will never lead us astray. And there are times when we kind of step off the path a little bit as we're on this journey with the Lord. The spirit of the living God is there to get our attention. And sometimes he uses very peculiar means to get our attention so that we'll walk on the path with the Ruach HaKodesh. Because Yeshua said, I'm not leaving you as orphans. I'm, I'm sending to you a comforter who shall do what? He shall lead you into all truth. And so you know what? That is our North Star the Ruach HaKodesh. And know this, that he is leading us towards the kingdom. You know, along the path, we meet people along the path. And as Rav Shaul's on this journey, he's meeting people, both Jews and Gentiles. And he says, come, join with me. Come along on this path. And notice this, we will see in the scripture where the spirit of living God begins to speak to these people individually and says, come on this path. And then he begins to lead them, even though Rav Shaul, the apostle Paul, is removed from their midst. The spirit of living God is still leading his kihilah, his called out ones, even today. Let us continue here. After Shaul left Athens and went on to Corinth, where he met a Jewish man named Aquila, originally from Pontus, 
but having recently come with his wife Priscilla from Italy. Because Claudius had issued a decree expelling all Jews from Rome, Shaul went to see them. And because he had the same trade as they, making tents, some believe that it was making of tallits, and I believe that if you could make a tent, you probably have the skill to make tallits. He stayed with them, and they worked together. Notice that it doesn't give us a time frame, how many weeks. They got to know each other on a very, very close way. And they, they had this background of having the same type of skill. See, most young men, as they were growing up in a Jewish household, their father most likely had a trade. And what would he do? He would teach both his sons and sometimes some of his daughters how to do these trades. That was how to, how to provide for themselves in the future. So let us go forward here. Verse 4, Shaul also began carrying on discussions every Shabbat in the synagogue, where he tried to convince both Jews and Greeks. But after Sila, Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, if you look on your map, you'll see where these places are, Macedonia and Corinth. Shaul felt pressed by the urgency of the message, and he testified in depth to the Jews that Yeshua is what? He is the Messiah. So what was Rav Shaul's focus? What was the foundation of his message? That Yeshua is the Messiah. Now, any congregation, whether messianic or not, any church, if they're not proclaiming Yeshua as the Messiah, and that being their foundation stone, and that the focal point, the most important, concise, if you could say it in one sentence, that Yeshua is the Messiah, if they're not proclaiming that good news, they're not building God's kingdom. Let's move forward here. Verse 6. However, when they set themselves against him and began hurling insults, he shook out his clothes and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. For my part, I am clean. From now on, I'm going to the Gentiles. So he let, left them and went to, into the home of a God-fearer. Who is, what is a God-fearer? He's a man from Gentile origin who came to acknowledge and to forsake all his pagan gods and to receive the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. A God-fearer named Titus Justus, whose house was right next to the synagogue. Going on in verse 8, Crispus, the president of the synagogue, came to trust in the Lord Yeshua, along with his whole household. Notice that the fruit of the words of proclaiming Yeshua as the Messiah. And think about the president of this synagogue. He was not, he did not have access to Matthew through Revelation because it had not been written yet. So what was that they were reading? The Torah, Berjit through Malachi. 
or in some translations, it's Bereshit through Second uh, Chronicles. Depends on who put together that one scripture. All the books are still there. And so he began to search the scriptures to see this Christmas, search the Tanakh to see if Yeshua truly is the promised Messiah. And through light or revelation through the Ruach HaKodesh, remember as I shared earlier, the GPS in this man's life became the Ruach HaKodesh. Because the Ruach HaKodesh is to reveal the works that Yeshua did while he was here on earth and to reveal him as the promised Messiah, God's redemption plan. And some of us don't fully understand the dramatic situation, this decision. This was a president of a synagogue coming to believing that Yeshua is the Messiah. This is revolutionary. This is something that is simply done in a small way. This is a transformation of him receiving the promised one, the Mashiach, the Messiah. And this had an impact not only on his own life, but it says, the scripture says, that his whole household came to a saving knowledge of who Messiah Yeshua is. Let's continue. Also, many of the Corinthians who heard and trusted were immersed. That means go under the waters of mikvah, which was a normal thing for them. Were they to bring a sacrifice to be offered unto Adonai, prior to you bringing to your sacrifice, you would repent of your sins, and then you would go underneath the waters of immersion to worship Adonai. So this wasn't something out of the norm for them. But now they were being immersed in Yeshua as being the Messiah, the revelation of that. This is a very Jewish thing. Let's move forward here. Verse 9, one night in a vision, the Lord, and who's the Lord here? But Yeshua said to Shaul, don't be afraid, but speak right up and don't stop. Because he knew this, that there was going to be a harvest. There were hearts and minds that were being prepared 24-7 by the Ruach HaKodesh. That was transforming. There was conviction going on in these people's minds and hearts. And who was orchestrating this? But Abba, Father God, through his son Yeshua, and by the power and a revelation of the Ruach HaKodesh. And that has not even changed to this day. No one has come to a saving knowledge of Messiah unless conviction has come upon their heart by the revelation of who Yeshua is and what he's done and the acknowledgement of sin and a desiring to have more of Adonai and to know him intimately. That's how we have all come to know Yeshua, Jesus, as our Messiah. Let's go forward here. 
verse 10, because I'm now with you. No one will succeed in harming you. For I have many people in the city. So Shaul stayed there for a year and a half, teaching them what? The word of God in Torah. See what he wanted to establish in their hearts? With the Jewish people, who, which was already established in their hearts, Torah. But giving now the full revelation of who the promise of the Messiah is. For the Jewish people for centuries had been waiting for the Messiah. Think about Adam and Eve. They were looking forward after they, were, they, they fell into sin and they were reconciled to God. God promised them that through the seed of Eve would come forth a deliverer. The deliverer has now come, and his name is Yeshua. Let's go forward. Verse 11. So Shaul stayed there for a year and a half, teaching them the word of God, Torah. But when Galileo became the Roman governor of Acacia, look on your maps. Can you find Acacia? You see, these places are very, very significant. And if the spirit of the living God desires to mention them to us, we should pay attention. Let's go forward here. The unbelieving Jews made a concern attack on Shaul, and they took him to court, saying, this man is trying to persuade people to worship God in ways that violate Torah. That's their accusation. Shaul was just about to open his mouth. Notice in the prior verses, he received uh, God's green light to speak and not be afraid. No one will harm you. I have a lot of people in this city. Let's continue here. He was just about to open his mouth when Galileo said to the Jews, listen, you Jews, if this were a case of inflicted injury or a serious crime, I could reasonably be expected to hear you out patiently. But since it involves questions about words and names of your own law, then you must deal with it yourselves. I flatly refuse to judge on such matters. And he had them ejected from the court. They all now grabbed Sosthenes, the president of the synagogue. Notice this. It's no longer Crispus. He was replaced. Why? Because he believed that Yeshua is the promised Messiah. So they grabbed Sosthenes, the president of the synagogue, and they gave him a beating in full view of the bench. But, but Galileo showed no concern whatsoever. Shaul remained for some time. Then he said goodbye to the brothers, and he sailed off to Syria. And after having his hair cut short in Centria, because he had taken a vow, with him were Priscilla and Aquila. Remember, we're introduced to them. And think about this. He had fellowship with them. He was teaching. He was pouring his knowledge of walking with Yeshua and walking with the Ruach HaKodesh. He was preparing them. They went to a university a yeshiva of Rav Shaul for a year and a half. And notice this, 
they got to see how he handled disgruntled customers in the marketplace. See, Rav Shaul was able to rub shoulders with the common people of his day, whether they be Jew or Gentile. And so they were able to study him and learn from him so that they would be fully equipped so that when Rav Shaul moved on out of their lives, they would be able to start home congregations and build Messianic communities. They were being educated in how to use the Tanakh properly. And this went on for a year and a half. Let's continue here. Verse 19. Then they came to Ephesus. Notice that they left. Corinth. Now they're moving to Ephesus. What's in Ephesus? An already started Messianic community. Let's move forward. And he left them there. Why? Because they were, they received their credentials. They were trained. They had matured, both uh, Aquila and Priscilla. They were mature Messianic Jewish believers who could there go and proclaim the good news to build the kingdom, to raise up Talmudim disciples for Yeshua. To, to train and to teach. And so now the body of Messiah is becoming to multiply. And these are people that he fully trusted in building the kingdom. They were fully equipped. And he noticed that the spirit of the living God was manifesting himself in their lives. Let's move forward. But he himself went into the synagogue, and he held a dialogue there with the Jews. When they asked him to stay with them longer, he declined. However, in his farewell, he said, God willing, I will come back to you. Then he set off from Ephesus. Look and find where Ephesus is in your map. And after landing in Caesarea... He went up to Jerusalem and greeted the Messianic community. If he was to travel by land, if you just follow the land trail from your maps, he would have, have traveled an estimated 1,800 miles up to 2,000 miles. Depends how the path went. Or since he went by sea, he would have traveled between uh, 1,200 and 1,600 miles by sea. And I tell you this, by sea, if the weather was good, a nice, pleasant journey. By land, he may run into robbers. He may run into some wild animals. See, because travel during that day was either by foot, on donkey, camel, horseback, or traveling in a cart over land. But by sea, it was on a ship. 
Verse 22, after landing in Caesarea, he went up to Jerusalem and greeted the Messianic community. Then he came down to Antioch, and he spent some time there. And afterwards, he set out and passed systematically through the region of Galatia and Phrygia. Can you find those places on your map? And what did he do? He went there to do what? To strengthen all the Talmudim, the disciples. To encourage them. To instruct them. So that they too could become teachers of the way to Abba, Father God. Which is only through Yeshua. Yeshua declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. That's Yeshua speaking and not myself. Verse 24. Meanwhile, a Jewish man named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. And he was an eloquent speaker with a thorough knowledge of the Tanakh. Does anyone know where Alexandria is? It exists today. It's in Egypt. And let me give you a little bit of history of Alexandria. Alexandria was an area, a city that was established by Alexander the Great. He lived three, uh, he established that city 331 years before the common era, before Yeshua was born. It is a narrow strip of land between the Mediterranean Sea and Lake Mauritius. It is west of the Nile River. It said of that place that later that there was a lighthouse, the lighthouse of the pharaohs, which was near Alexander, was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And Alexandria, the city, served for centuries as the Greek and Roman capital of Egypt. And so also Alexandria had this amazing library. They had scrolls there from all over the known world. And so a, a Jewish man named Apollos who lived there, he had access to all this knowledge about the Tanakh and also understanding the world as known at that time. Also in Alexandria, which was very, very unique, you know, there was actually a temple there, a Jewish temple, where there were sacrifices brought and laid on that temple. Nowhere in the known world at that time was there another temple where Jews could bring their sacrifice other than the temple in Jerusalem. And so now we're introduced to a brand new individual who has thorough knowledge of the Tanakh. Let's continue here in verse 25. This man had been informed about the way of the Lord, the Lord Yeshua. And with great spiritual fervor, he spoke and taught accurately accurately about the facts of Yeshua, 
So you know about his existence. He knew about his death, his resurrection. He knew all these things. But he only knew the immersion of Yohanan, which brought people to the preparation of receiving the kingdom of God. Because Yohanan the Immerser, John the Baptist, he was sent forth to prepare the way, to call the nation of Israel to repentance so that they could receive, receive the kingdom of God through the death and resurrection of Messiah Yeshua. See, he was informed up to a certain point. He knew details, but he had not experienced this himself. Let's go forward here. Verse 26, he began to speak out boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, remember this, Ralph Shoal had spent a year and a half with them, discipling, training them teaching them the ins and the outs, where in the Tanakh, where it spoke of the promised Messiah. So they were fully equipped. And when they heard someone speak and come to a certain point, they recognized the Spirit of living God gave them discernment that this man knows up to a point, but he needs further training. Let's continue here. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God in fuller detail. See, Rav Shaul wasn't around there to do that. But here he had spent a year and a half investing in Aquila and Priscilla's lives so that they could go forth and build the kingdom. And you see, that's what a rabbi is to do. That's what a pastor is to do to raise up and give people within the congregation and equip them in Messiah and point them to the Ruach HaKodesh, the spirit of the living God who leads them into all truth. And for them to have the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit as a GPS to lead them, for them to hear his voice and act upon his leading. See, that's what the community, the Messianic community is to be. Training up, raising up disciples, teaching, training. You heard uh, Elder Allen and Elder Tim expound on the scriptures today. You hear others within the congregation do the same. You hear when David and Heidi lead worship. They express scripture. They, they, they share about their relationship with the Lord. See, that's what we're to be doing with one another, encouraging, building up one another and giving one another opportunity to share because we teach one another in God's word. Let's continue here. Verse 27, when he made plans to, to cross Acacia, notice this, it doesn't give us all the details. I believe at this point, the spirit of the living God is telling him, Apollos, I want you to go to Acacia. He gives him the burden, the desire to go. And now he's fully equipped. He has the fullness of the good news. He has full revelation. And it doesn't tell us here the detail. It might have been weeks or months where they were sharing with him. 
And then just as Rob Showa had poured into their lives, they were now pouring into policy. You know what? He had a humble heart. Notice this. He was a very scholarly, scholarly man, a very, very intelligent man, but he had a humble heart. He, had, he, was, he was recipient to hearing from others and allowing the spirit of the living God to speak and correct the things that need to be corrected in his life. Let's continue here. Verse 27, when he made plans to cross over Acacia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote the Talmudine. Notice that, the brothers. So now he's part of the Smeshite community. And they're saying, you know what? This man has an anointing. He, he is prepared to go. And so they're encouraging him. Yes, I see God speaking. And I hear the Spirit speaking through you. You need to go other places. The brothers encouraged him and wrote the Talmudine. The disciples there. Here, we're sending this letter with him, and we speak, we acknowledge that Apollos has a gift of a teacher and that of an evangelist. Receive him as you would receive us. Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, wrote similar type letters. Know this, we have seen him. We have tested him. We see that, yes, the Spirit of the living God is speaking through him to bring life and build God's kingdom. He's not about Apollos. He's about the kingdom and about Yeshua. Moving forward. The Talmudim there welcomed him. On arrival, he greatly helped those who through grace had come to trust. See, there were brand new babes in Messiah who needed to be trained and taught. And this was an acknowledgement. And this, the body of Messiah was then being equipped because he was raising up others. You know, there are those people there that he was reaching out. I truly believe their names are not written in the book of Acts. But they had a dramatic impact on their own families and also upon their communities of building the kingdom. Let's continue here. Verse 28, for he powerfully and conclusively refuted the unbelieving Jews in public and demonstrating by the Tanakh that what? That Yeshua is the Messiah. See, he had come full circle, just like Rav Shaul had come full circle in his knowledge and revelation of God's redemptive plan. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's established in Yeshua as the foundation stone, that cornerstone that the builders rejected, but as a firm foundation that we build our lives upon. We see where Rav Shaul, O Lord, in the book of Acts chapter 18, proclaimed Yeshua as the Messiah. And we see the book of Acts chapter 18, where we see another man arise who's being fully equipped to proclaim the good news and that he's able to demonstrate from the Tanakh, the scriptures as known from that day, that Yeshua is the Messiah. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord.